0: Hello, I'm David freeman With Is that really in the Bible? I want to begin with a question, and the question is this. What church do you belong to? What denomination do you belong to? Now, did you know that in the Bible, the word Baptist, Catholic, Protestant, Presbyterian, none of those words are ever found in the Word of God. It seems that Jesus did not divide his church up into denominations. Uh, So, you know, when I say, well, what denomination are you? Well, you know, when people ask me that question, I tell them, I'm not. I'm not a denomination. When they ask me, what church do you belong to? I tell them, I belong to the church that Jesus Christ started 2,000 years ago with his disciples. What church do you belong to? Now, in the USA, there are over 41,000 denominations, with the Roman Catholic Church being the biggest of those denominations. Although they would not view themselves as a denomination, uh, it identifies itself, the Roman Catholic Church identifies itself as the original pre-denominational church. Yes, that's right. Now, the five biggest denominations that are out there are 1. Southern Baptist Convention 2. United Methodist Church Three, the Church, of God, the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Uh, the Church of God in Christ, four. And number five, the National Baptist Convention, USA. These are the five biggest denominations out there. Now, along with that, there are many other denominations. Let me just name a few. Uh, Amish religion, Assemblies of God, Born Again Movement, Brethren Churches, Christian Reform Church, Christian Science Church, Congregational Church, Disciples of Christ, Emerging Church Movement, Four Square Gospels, Jehovah's Witness, uh, Jesus People USA, Messianic Jewish Movements, Quaker denomination, uh, Salvation Army, yes, Salvation Army, Seven-day Adventists, United Church of Christ. United Pentecostal Church. Now, here's the question. When Jesus said, I will build my church, I will build my ecclesia, was Jesus talking about these 41,000 bickering denominations that can't agree on anything? I mean, if you would just start to visit... Well, maybe, maybe I should rephrase this. Most churches don't believe anything anyway. But, you know, there, there's a really, in reality, there are a lot of differences between each denomination. I was doing a job one time, and there was this church there, and a stone's throw away was another church. Same denomination, a little bit different name, though. And I thought, well, why, why is this? I mean, why, why are there two churches within a stone's throw of each other? Well, let me tell you why. They probably disagreed on some kind of minute doctrinal difference, or they might have disagreed on the color of the carpet. And so they said, we're splitting, we're going to build another church. Yeah, it happens all the time. Now imagine this. Imagine this fantasy I'm about to tell you. Imagine traveling across the world, across the United States, and stopping into any denomination out there and having your convictions taught and preached and substantiate it by the Bible. Wow! Wouldn't that be great? If you could stop in any church out there and have your convictions preached and substantiate it by the Bible. Now let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. We're going to look at what God's will is concerning all of these denominations. Okay. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Uh Uh-oh. And that there be no division among you. Uh Uh-oh. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Oh, boy. We are in big trouble. Now, there's four things here that's mentioned. Number one, that you all speak the, the same thing. Is that what you see from all the different religious denominations out there? Number two, that there be no division among you. Is that what you see with all the different denominations out there? Number three, that you be perfectly joined together. Is that what you see with all the different denominations out there, the 41,000 denominations that are out there? Is this what we see? Some may be handling snakes. Some may be speaking in a gibberish that no one can understand. You know, it's just all kinds of differences. And number four in the same mind and in the same judgment. Is that what you see with all the religious denominations that are out there? Now, the word denomination, basically, the definition is a religious party or sect. Now, Jesus warned about beware of the sect of the Pharisees. Beware of this sect. Jesus sort of warns us about that. But the definition is a religious group, usually including many local churches, And often larger than a sect. Now, why are there so many different bickering denominations out there? And the question, the real question is, is God pleased? Is he pleased? Now, the reasons these denominations are not together, we all know that. I mean, we all know the answer to that. They can't get along. They can't agree on anything. That's the reason. Or they can't get along with one another. And I come back to this verse. Now, I beseech you, brethren. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Why can't I go from church to church to church and have my convictions taught and preached and substantiated by the Bible? Why? Why? Now, show me in the Bible where the Bible says, Or where Jesus said, now what I want you to do is divide up into 41,000 denominations. And, you know, where where is the instructions about doing this? Coming up with all these different denominations, all these different churches. Where are the instructions at? Now, there should be all kinds of support. Because it seems like everybody wants to join a denomination. Or many people want to start a new one. So there should be a lot of scriptures in the Bible supporting this view where God tells us, start all these different bickering denominations that disagree on everything. You know, can't agree on anything, I should say. Now, I would give you some scriptures, but I can't find any. But let me tell you what I can find. This is what I can find. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same same judgment. That, That is something I can give you about God's will concerning churches, concerning denominations. Now, what I want to talk about today is what I'm going to call the sin of the church. The sin of the church. Now, listen, either God is wrong... Or the churches we have built called denominations are wrong. You can't have it both ways. Okay, we can't have it both ways. Either God is wrong, the Bible is wrong, or these churches that we have built called denominations, these 41,000 bickering denominations that can't agree on anything, either they're wrong or God's wrong. You can't have it both ways. Now, what God desires is unity, unity of the Spirit. And basically, that would be to be of the same mind. We've already read the Scripture now consider this verse, Galatians five and verse nineteen. It says Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, envy, murders, Drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what we got here is an ugly list of sins. And God says, now, if you're doing these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And there's two things that are mentioned here. Seditions and heresies. The word sedition means dividing into separate factions or dividing into separate parties. Heresies is factions, parties in the church separating from communion with one another. Setting up altar against altar is basically uh, what the commentaries say this definition of sedition and heresies is. Factions. Parties in churches separating from communion with one another, with each other, setting up altar against altar, or church against church, you might say. And these people who do this are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, listen, you can be sincere and sincerely wrong and miss the kingdom of God. Why does the body of Christ consist of 41,000 bickering denominations that can't agree on anything? Why? Why? Why is there no real unity out there? Now, there's a facade of unity. It's like a layer, you know, you sort of facade, you sort of like a layer of onion. You know, you peel off a layer and peel off and peel off and peel off, and you get to the core and there's nothing left. I mean, there's a facade of unity. You may have unity in your little group of 20 or 50 people, yeah, Okay, big deal. But I'm talking about why is there no unity among the denominations, real unity. Now, I want to tell you the reason why. You cannot have unity if I believe white is white and you believe black is white. You understand what I'm saying? The question is, is why is there no unity in today's churches? All right, let's take a look at a verse here and maybe we can get a clue. Amos 3 and verse 3. He says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, that's the question. Can two walk together except they agree? Well, the implication is no, they probably can't. If I believe white is white and you believe white is black, chances are we're not going to be able to walk together, okay, except we agree. We've got to come to some type of agreement is my point. And that's, that's one of my points here, why there is no unity. The churches can't agree on anything. Now, let me tell you why the churches can't agree on anything. Isaiah 8 and verse 20. It says, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Now, listen to me. The role of the law is to define morality. Once your church rejects the law, then you're not going to be able, as as a definition of right and wrong, as a definition of what we should do versus not do, once your church rejects that, and, and to a large degree, have you ever heard your chur- a church say the law has been abolished? It's been nailed to the cross? It's been fulfilled? It's been done away with? We're not under the law? Have you ever heard that? Once your church rejects the law as a standard of morality, hey, anything goes and there's not going to be any unity because we can't agree on anything. 1 John 3 and verse 4 says, Whosoever sins transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of of the law. In other words, you've got to have, your church has got to agree on God's standard of morality. You can't have every denomination out there coming up with their own idea of morality. Well, I think this is right. And I think it's all right to have homosexuals ordained as ministers. You, know, you can't have that. You've got to all agree on God's standard of morality. And that's the purpose of the law. The law defines what sin is, the law defines morality. Romans 4 and verse 15, because the law works wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Okay, the law works wrath. What does that mean? Well, if you break it, it claims your life. That's one thing. That's pretty wrathful, is it not? You break the Ten Commandments, you're deserving of death, but we have grace. When a Christian truly repents and goes back to his high priest, his Savior, Christ Jesus, and says, I'm sorry, I did it again, there is grace. Okay, In other words, the law defines what is morality. When the the Bible talks about we're not under the law, that means we're not under the penalty. It doesn't claim your life anymore. You don't have to die because you've broken it. It doesn't mean the law has been done away with. It just means you're not under the law, under the penalty of the law. It no longer, longer claims your life. So understand, get educated about that subject. All right, where there is no transgression, where there is no law, there is no transgression. You can't get a ticket for running a stop sign if there's no stop sign there, you see. Now, um, let's consider this fact. The law says homosexuality behavior, homosexual behavior is wrong. Uh, You shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. There's no misunderstanding that, is it? And yet you have churches today, denominations, who are are ordaining homosexual priests. In other words, what they're saying is, well, white is really black. And I no longer believe God's law defines morality. And that's one of the reasons for no unity. That's one of the reasons you've got all the different denominations out there. Because they can't agree on what defines morality. Why? Because they've walked away from the law of God. Now, why is there no unity in in today's churches? Well, let's read it again. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. Let's read what God's will is. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division among you and that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Continuing on, though, the next verse. For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you says, I am of a Paul. Well, I am of Apollos. Well, I'm, I am of Cephas. And, so, and the bright one says, well, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Now, the second point about why there is no unity is simply this. People are more concerned about, with name recognition, than they are the truth. They really are, and this was a problem back then. There were people running, running around saying, Paul's my man, Christ is my man, Apollos is my man. You know, you hear it today. What church do you go to? Well, I go to the Big Baptist Church. I go to Liberty. Oh, wow, you're something else. Well, I belong to Joel Osteen's church. Oh, Wow. People don't care about truth, they care about name recognition, and it's nothing more than idol worship. We've got to have our man of God, you know, that we, that we don't even care about truth, we just care about name recognition. A bunch of pea brain, you know, peons is sort of what we're acting like. It's what we're acting like. Now, why is there no unity in today's churches? Another reason, Isaiah 30 and verse 9. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not, and and, uh, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Now, denominations are built to often just to do this, just this thing right here, to speak smooth things. <coughs> now, they know, you know they don't want to hear about the law of God. You know, Most churches that are built, denominations, they know they don't want to hear the people in that congregation, they don't want to hear about the law of God. They want to hear just believe, just accept. There's nothing you must do. Just invite Jesus into your heart. Just raise your hand up. You know, just say, I'm a Christian. That's it. Just feel like you're saved. That's good enough. You know, now if you know your people don't want to hear about the law, well, what do you do? You just tell them it's been abolished. You tell them what they want to hear. A lot of denominations are nothing more than propaganda machines pumping out a false theology, okay? Just believe, just accept, there's nothing you must do, grace plus nothing, just, you know, that's, that's what they are. They're propaganda machines pumping out a false theology. Now, I do believe, though, that even from the false ones denominations, that you can learn. Basically, from any denomination, you can learn something. You can know you can learn from people's mistakes. You can learn from a lie. You can learn. I'm never going to believe that again. That guy's lying. Yeah, you can learn from your mistakes. I've learned from many different preachers that are out there. I could list them, but I'm not. But you know, I I have learned. I listen to a lot of different preachers, and <clears throat> you know. Even the worst have some good things to say and can build you up and build your faith and things like that. But when it comes to denominations, I want to tell you something about spiritual growth you need to understand. One of the worst things you can do when it comes to a denomination is to join one. To settle down for the long haul, to vegetate, to stagnate, and in your self-righteousness and arrogance, think you have all truth and knowledge. To think, once you join your denomination, to think, I have arrived. I am here, and now I can take it easy. Matthew 10, and verse 22 says this. It says, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. What are we to endure? Well, let me tell you what you are to endure. Your personal, spiritual Growth is something that you have to endure. And it can be downright painful. Why? Because sometimes you've got to leave an organization. Sometimes you've got to leave a denomination. I left a religious organization many years ago because they were teaching something totally off the wall. You know, some guy claimed to speak for God, for pity's sake. You know, and I thought, I can't stay there. But I left friends behind. I'd left close relationships behind many of them never to see again, never to see them again. But I had to because it was the right thing to do. So it can be painful. Spiritual growth can be painful. Now listen, you cannot grow beyond your denominational view of the Bible. If you're a Baptist, you will die a Baptist. If you're a seven-day Adventist, you'll die a seven-day Adventist. That's all you will ever be. And again, the greatest deception is that we have all truth, you know, that's the greatest deception, that your denomination has all truth. Well, I have just, I know, I've got the basic truth, you know. That's all I need. Jesus loves me this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, in a way, a lot of Christians are like children who refuse to grow up. I remember when I was about 12, I I sort of liked that age, and I didn't want to grow beyond that, age 12. But a lot of Christians are like that. They're like children who say, I don't want to grow up. It might be painful. You know, you get old and ugly. I mean, who wants to grow up? You know, but a lot of Christians are like that. They they fear spiritual growth. Listen, if you're looking for the perfect church or the perfect representation of God's church on this earth, you're going to be highly disappointed. You know, in a way, you are not in the church. The church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be in you. I never get a, a, a shirt I saw one time. It said, don't go to church, be the church. I thought that was one of the most powerful statements I'd ever read. Don't go to church, be the church. I mean, what did Jesus say? Well, he said this in John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. In other words, the Father and the Son move in into your temple. And you sort of become a walking, living presence, a walking, living representation of the church. That's what you're supposed to be. Now, I admit, we sort of let, let God down in that area, but still. Now, there's nothing wrong with going to a church. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to the church. There's nothing wrong with visiting a denomination. There's nothing wrong with going to church or visiting a denomination unless you are part of what I call the sin of the church, the sin of the church. Now, what is the sin of the church? Well, it consists of four words, and the four words are found in Job 16 and verse 12. He says, I was at ease. But he has broken me asunder. He has taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. You know, Job was drugged through a knothole backwards. And I sort of wonder if it may be true that one of the reasons sometimes we suffer hardship is because we're not growing. We're no longer growing anymore. Job said, I was at ease before he went through all of his calamity. And he went through pure hell. Job did. But before it started, his hell on earth, he said, I was at ease. You know, and I sometimes think God looks at us and says, that person is not going, that person is not growing, and I got to do something. You know, it's like the story I heard of a clapboard wood church out in the country. They were going to build a sidewalk because people were walking through the mud. And they got the deacons together and one of them said, don't need no sidewalk, ain't going nowhere. You know, a lot of Christians are just, that that describes them, they're not going anywhere. They're not growing. And the sin of the church is that too many people are at ease. Being at ease is what causes people to say, you know, I could probably learn something over there at that other church, that other denomination, but I'm going to stay right here because I am at ease. And there is no unity. There's not even a desire for unity. You know, a lot of people are experiencing what I call the death of spiritual growth in churches today. The death of spiritual growth. You know, at Kitty Hawk, where the Wright brothers first took off flying for the first time, there's a monument out there at the end of that field. They say, I've never seen it yet, but I want to see it. A monument, a stone, and on that stone it says, The Death of Impossible. Because people said it was impossible to fly. And out there at the end where they took off, there's a monument that says the death of impossible. You know, a lot of Christians have entered into the death of spiritual growth because they are assuming that their denomination cannot be wrong. Cannot be wrong. And so the Bible warns us about sedition and heresies, factions, parties in the churches, separating from communion with each other, setting up altar against altar. And your Bible says those people that do this are not going to enter the kingdom of God. You know, put that in your Bible and smoke it. Well, okay. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program,